welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, oh yeah, baby, we are back. This is Fairway Rollin', the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, joining me as he does every time we roll the ball onto the green. That is Nathan Hubbard, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground. We're starting off as a two ball this week, my birdie buddies. Nate and I passing out some accolades, some congratulations to the winners of the past couple weeks, a little recap, and then joining us for a three ball, there'll be a couple holes behind, Jason Sobel, our buddy from the Action Network, from Sirius XM, the hardest working media man in golf. Let's go ahead and stride on over to the first tee. It's wide open. There's a lot of stuff to take down today. Let's try and stroke one out there in the middle, Nate Dog. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nate Dog, did you hit it down the middle? Finally, a young guy has won on the PGA Tour. (laughs) I'm sensing a tiny bit of sarcasm, and this is a theme that we are going to cover with our homie, Jason Sobel, but you know, we had uh, a couple weeks off. We gave out a nice preview for the Zurich down there in New Orleans. We we somehow we talked about Good job. We talked about food and did not talk about House Eats Three. I I texted you immediately afterwards. I was like, New Orleans food, the greatest moment of both of our collective lives. <laughs> Save for a few things related to children and families yes, and so forth. Right. If you don't know what we're talking about, please go to Google and search House Eats 3 uh, before dinner. Before dinner. Definitely before dinner. 100% before dinner. You know why we got carried away is because we had Ricky Fowler on that episode. And handsome Ricky just, I mean, he took my breath away. I don't know. Mesmerizing. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. 
I loved Ricky. We had fun with Ricky. We, you know what? Uh, I watched Slow News Day that our colleague Kevin Clark um, taped with him, the extraordinary show that Kevin Clark does. Uh, yeah. And Kevin read Ricky a horoscope. It wasn't as good as our horoscope. No. I don't know why. It wasn't. Why, why, how could there be such radically different horoscopes? I don't know. It was fun to talk to Ricky about Bakers. And, uh, you know, he's a happy guy. And I think that's what matters most. But I do think at some point here, we're going to start to see Ricky round into form. He's got two top tens this season. He's going to be just fine. I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, the player impact program. I mean, you, you, yeah. you imagine he has some interest in that. And he has a lot of playing well, that. you know, FedEx Cup rank is one of the factors. So um, let's go ahead and pat ourselves on the back for New Orleans because we did give yeah. out Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. It was a wonderful narrative. This is why you listen. Yeah, this is why you that's listen. That's right. And thank you to all of the birdie buddies out there that hit us up on the Twitter and gave us your own appreciation, expressed your appreciation for us giving out that winner. We've given out a couple winners on the show. We've been doing okay this year. That Australian duo was awesome. It was fun to watch. It was clear that they love each other, which seems to be chemistry is important. Nate dog. I keep, you know, we keep seeing it. I have to say, I was sad to see you and just chunk it <laughs> or he didn't chunk it. He just bladed it, faded it way right Sploosh. into the water. That just, that just was Sploosh. disappointing for a guy who just has just a befuddling, perplexing, and very, very successful career in golf, but he just, I don't get it. One of the favorite factoids about him that I um, learned from Justin Ray's 10 Notes Snow, which is always one of my favorite Monday morning reads, he has a second place in like every important tournament that Ever. professional golfers play. He's got a second yes. in every major, a second in, I think, nearly all of the WGC events. It's an amazing career. Technically second place in the President's Cup. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even technical. It's accurate. He, he did. Yeah. If you don't win, you come in second. That's the answer. Yeah, but that was a that was I I liked the format. It was really fun. Long live the New Orleans golf tournament for the food and the the camaraderie. And next year for Jazz Fest. Yes. Oh God, we have to figure out a way to get ourselves down there for that one by hook or by crook. Speaking of by hook or by crook, we then the tour moved over to the Tampa area, Innisbrook, and a guy that's been around the hoop a whole lot. We've seen him on lead yeah. leaderboards all season long. This was a, a classic, only a matter of time guy. It was. He played with Horschel in New Orleans and played super well. Yeah. He was carrying the team. I mean, he looked good. Yeah, so Sam Burns shot a final round 68, one by three. It was fun to see Keegan Bradley out there. Well, let me ask you. I shouldn't put it that way. Was it fun for you or was it weird for you? I didn't like it. <laughs> So I didn't like it. That why, wasn't the answer I'll, I was anticipating. Why didn't you like seeing Keegs doing his thing? I, why is everybody cheering for Keegan Bradley so loudly? I'll tell you why. It's because we have got a lot of extremely drunk fans on the golf course right now. Whoa. And I support it. Whoa. We have a lot of very aggressive like I have been cooped up for over a year and I'm going out to a golf course and I'm going to yell and scream and just be Jackass number one out on the course. There's a lot of jackass number ones out there right now. And, and you know, some of them are being funny. Some of them are like pissing off Phil Mickelson so much that after his round, he's grumbling in ways we haven't heard him before. There is some self-selection of, of a donkey patrol happening out on the PGA golf courses right now. Hopefully we get to a better balance. On the other hand, there has been some high comedy 
in watching players respond. Forever we heard, oh, I just wish the fans were back. I just, and now they're like, who are all these drunk assholes yelling at me? Well, this is a great observation right, right at this sort of juncture because as more and more people come onto the golf course, it is coinciding with the rise of interest in gambling on golf. And one of the things that folks have observed about, you know, the potential impact of fans on outcomes, especially if you are live betting by hole, which is absolutely something you can do right this second on many apps, uh, including, I believe, FanDuel, one of our, our favorite sportsbook app. And if you're live betting a hole where you're, it's a head-to-head between two players, and you can fuck it up. You're on the golf course. I mean, there are a handful of ways for mischief to be made, my buddy. We are going to have some Russian mobsters, you know, putting air horns in people's pants and getting them onto the course. Like, I, there are some not so great things ahead on this, I'm afraid, because of the exact dynamic that you're talking about. And, and whether or not anything nefarious is happening, think about some of the conspiracy theories we, we will get, which will be kind of rich. Like, imagine... Uh, I'm thinking about the air horn. You mentioned that. I immediately thought of Zach Johnson. I think it was at the John Deere where there's a, a lake. I can't remember the tournament, but I believe it was one of those tournaments in the Midwest where there's a lake. Oh, when the cannon went and the, off. Oh, the can- it was a cannon, not the air horn. Yes. Wasn't that the John Deere? I, I think that was the RBC Heritage, maybe, well, where they shoot the cannon. Yeah, no, but but it was a boat. A boat did something. Oh, yeah, A that's boat right. on the lake. And I don't remember that's what right. the... But, I mean, it was... You know, it was visibly, uh, he was shaken because it was a yeah. very loud, it was like right as a moment as he was approaching a putt. Now, there was no gambling that we're aware of. Maybe there was gambling. Maybe that was the whole <laughs> <Who> point, <knows>? right? <laughs> yeah, maybe the guy on the boat. But I do think we're approaching that moment, yeah, where where you got to be careful what you wish for. We've been wishing for fans to come back. They are rowdy. They're rambunctious. They're being well-served. And they might have a lot more money on each individual shot than we've ever seen before. So stay tuned on that one. I think that's going to be a rising narrative a, over the next part of the season. A, a rising narrative. I'm, I, I have to uh, agree with you. Okay. Well, I, I think, you know, we Sam Burns, age 24, second youngest winner in the Valspar tournament history, which actually has a pretty es- esteemed list of winners. You know, nice, nice. Gla- and it's typically a, a tough venue for folks. And and not surprising, but you know, um, we do have this trend, and we're going to go ahead and, and start comparing notes with our buddy Jason Sobel from the Action Network here. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak 
performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, as promised, here he is, Jason Sobel of the Action Network. Jason, you in your preview column for this tournament uh, down at Quail Hollow this week, talk about the phenomena in the context of Sam Burns catching his first career victory. You observe, and we've kind of seen this, there are currently 10 players age 25 or younger in the world's top 50. That feels like a lot of players age 25 or younger in the world's top 50, doesn't it? Well, hello, fellas. Thanks for having me on, as always. <laughs> and good to see you and talk to you again. Wait, uh, Sobel, before you answer this question, are you, are you worth a billion dollars now? What just happened? Action Network has been sold. Action Network sold yesterday. Big news. I've got people taking, my mom sent me the article from the Wall Street Journal and saying, hey, have you heard this? And I'm like, yeah, mom, it's the company I work for. I heard about it. That said, (laughs) I'm still not sure whether it means I'm going to be rich or going to be fired. And I'm just like (laughs) kind of hanging in the balance between the two of them right now. So I honestly have no idea what it means. You're the Ryan Seacrest of golf. They can't fire you. And if they do, you got 11 million other jobs. So, <laughs> and here's, here's how I know it. Cause you're going to tell us about Sam Burns and the young golfers. I am. Okay. We'll get back to the discussion, but yes, I thank you. I think I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like everyone from my company seems happy that we got sold. So I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Good. We did it. I, I didn't do anything and I'm just hoping not to get fired. So if I get a call from a boss as we're doing this, I'm going to put them on hold and keep going with you guys so I can yes. prolong awesome. how long I'm working for Action Network. That's the um, right instinct. Yeah. If it's if it's Darren Rovell, hang up on him. I always do. <laughs> I, I don't answer his calls. I, I will take a text from Rovell. I can't. I, I'm not talking to him on the it's phone. It's too much. It's uh, too much. <laughs> so how is it? Felt like a big number to me as well. And I mentioned Justin Ray on our Action Network podcast. 
that it felt like a big number. And he kind of gave me the whole like, well, a few years ago I did research and I found 11 guys who were 25. I'm like, all right, well, cool. Way to like kill my buzz there. Cause I thought 10 mm-hmm. guys, 25 and under was a lot in the top 50, 20%. I did that math on my own of the top 50 in the world ranking are now young players. And <laughs> I mean, it, it's always weird sort of putting that, that, uh, that guideline on it, that borderline of 25, I just kind of like a nice round number. If we went to 26, it includes John Rahm and Matt Fitzpatrick right. and Christian Bizedenhut, which I finally said, right. I think. Well done. Well uh, done. The B's seven. There's uh Cameron Smith and a couple other guys, JT's 28. I mean, it's like, they're all kind of part of the same generation. So, uh, you know, it's not that these guys are that much younger, but it still felt like a lot of young guys. Sam Burns now 44th in the world after his victory at the Valspar. Some of these guys, I mean, we know they're already superstars. Colin Morikawa, we don't have to sit around right now and say, you know, I think this guy's going to be pretty good. I, I have a feeling Colin Morikawa is going to be a good player for a long time. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yes. He's going to be very good. I don't know if he's going to win five majors or if he's going to be stuck on one for a while and just be good, but he's going to be good no matter well, what. If he keeps playing with Matthew Wolf, it's, it's not going to go so great. So we got to, we got to watch it. We got to get the Wolfer back into a guy under 25 who he's, we're excited about 21 years old. He's still 25th I in the know. world. I mean, he, he's fine. I know. He's fine. Yeah, like, he'll I be know. fine. Whatever's going on with him. It's, it's attributable to, to the youth. I, I agree yeah, with that. He's going to be all right. The scariest thing about all those numbers for me is that today is Rory McIlroy's 32nd birthday, and that sounds old to me compared to these other guys you're talking about. And that's sort of part of the point here is that 32 used to be absolutely the golfer's prime. I remember doing some research on the Masters years ago, and it was like, if you go through all the numbers, you know how they do like the, all right, we're going to whittle it down, and no guys this young ever win, no guys this old ever win. They do the averages, and it's like an average of, you know, 16th in the world ranking and average it always used to be 32. Those are the guys that win major championships. And Rory is now 32, hasn't won one in six years. And the dichotomy right now of so many young guys being up there and playing such good golf, Rory won this very golf tournament that we're going to watch this week, the Wells Fargo Championship, two days before his 21st birthday. It was like the big coming oh out God. party for him. Uh, he'd won on the Euro Tour. We know, okay, Rory's going to be a really good player someday. But all of a sudden, he wins at Quail. There was a great field that week. And we're like, okay, I get it now. He's really good. Two years later, he lost the playoff to Ricky Fowler, who was 23 years old. We're like, man, finally, this 23-year-old won. We're like, okay, that's the new generation, Rory, Ricky. And the irony of that dichotomy, if I'm using that correctly at all, which I'm probably not, but the Who irony cares? is You're that, worth a billion dollars. You can say whatever you want. Man, he just sold. Uh, the irony is that Rory is now down to 15th in the world, which is his lowest ranking in a decade. Ricky is who knows where. The fact that they gave him a spot in the PGA Championship based on performance, which literally his performance didn't get him into the PGA Championship, which is why he needed to be granted the spot in. We look at these guys and we say, hey, these guys are all going to be really good for a long time. And we think that's true. And then we look at what's happening with some of the guys that we thought that about 10 years ago, and maybe it's not always true. I, I want to keep talking about this young crew because I, I like the way that you rank them, and I want to make sure we share the ranking. I do want to just hit the pause button for one second on your Ricky observation, and the reason is because we are going to talk about that in the context of the player impact program, 
which was announced. Well, it wasn't announced. It came to light about three weeks ago and some of the dust has settled. So I want to let everybody know we're going to get into that a little bit. And Ricky is the perfect segue into it. But before we do that, let's talk about you, like where you have these young guys, because there's there's eight or nine that are all sort of in in this class. Let, let, Let me hear the list. Oh, you want me to rank them? I did this yesterday, and I guarantee that if I have all 10 names sitting in front of me, it'll look totally different if I do it today, which I basically said in the column. So Morikawa was first, isn't he? Yes. You have it in front of you. Yeah, I have it in front of me. second. Yep. Sungjae third? You have Zalatoris third. Uh, absolutely, Zalatoris. Much better than Sungjae, of course. Wow. Uh, Sungjae then, Joaquin Neiman. You have Scheckler in there. You tell me. Yeah. You're reading my piece. I, I just wrote it, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> That's good. Morikawa, <laughs> Hovland, Zalatoris. Zalatoris ahead of Sungjae. You, and you treat it as though it, you can just say, oh, of course, Zalatoris is better than Sungjae. Okay, good. Uh, Sh- Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Matthew Wolf, uh, Bob McIntyre. Can I call him Bob? Is that all right? Bobby Mack. Bobby yeah, Mack. That's what we're doing. He it. Yeah. And Burns, of course, is now in, in, in that mix. And then see, woo! Well, where the, the hell room. is Charlie Woods? <laughs> Just give him, give him five first, years. Honestly. Give him, that's honestly I mean, right. Why is he not on this list? Give him five years. That's all. All right. That's it. Okay. Well, look, so that's that's the the sort of moment that we are in. And obviously that will... God, the ball strikers on that list. That's though. right. That's, that's the attribute. And we'll be talking about that attribute both in connection with our preview of this week's tournament down at Quail Hollow. And I don't think it's too early. We're only two weeks out. Let's start doing a little feeling around on the PGA Championship. But before we go into that prognostication business and how we are going to put some of these young fellas into our mix at both Quail Hollow and at Kiowa, I, I we have this opportunity to, this is our first time to, to speak with you, Jace, since the uh, player impact program came to light and it's kind of a good moment because we've we've rounded the quarter pole in the professional golf season the masters is in our rearview mirror we're coming up on the pga championship so sort of we're at a, at a good moment to sort of take into account this player impact program and just sort of the sentiment on tour uh i know you've talked about it a bunch already but like now that the dust has settled a little bit what do you think is the vibe what are you hearing on tour about sort of the player's approach to it. Did it catch some guys by surprise? Oh, yeah, it absolutely did. Xander Shoffley was on uh, Sirius XM PGA Tour radio with one of our uh, one of our shows and said, I, I didn't even know about it. And I'm sure he got an email somewhere that told him back in January, here's what's happening. But the fact that he is one of the top players in the world and he didn't even know about it says that, yes, this is going to catch players by surprise. Look, it was a great job reporting by Eamon Lynch of Golf Week, who did a really good job sniffing this whole thing out and reporting this story. The fact that there was never any press release from the PGA Tour, and they still have not really made any sort of comment about this PIP program, makes me think that it's very much like fines and suspensions, where we can sit here, if a player should have been fined last week, and we're like, man, I think he'll get fined a million dollars. No, I think he'll get fined $12. It doesn't matter because we're never going to find out the answer about it. So the PIP program to me is very much the same way where we can sit here and go, well, I guess Tiger's going to get another, an extra $8 million this year because he's the most popular player. And then you say, no, I think it's 
you know, it's got to be Bryson now. I think Bryson's passed him. It doesn't matter what we sit here and say about it because I don't think we're ever going to find out. They're not going to give us the PIP standings and how much guys want. I think that if there's some blowback from the players and there was a player meeting uh, just a little while ago, it probably just got out. In fact, I know it just got out at Quail Hollow uh, as we're talking right now on Tuesday afternoon. But if there's some blowback, it's the fact that they're basically allocating $40 million for the top 10 players who I know it's been sort of boiled down to the guys that tweet a lot and the guys that inter- interact with people, but it's, it's more than more that. Than it's that. ratings. It's, yeah, it's a lot you know, more promoting than that. the golf tour. I, I get it. And I liken it to, and I said this on radio last week, I'm a Mets fan. Francisco Lindor was signed by the Mets for a 10-year deal, $341 million. Tiger Woods has made $110 million in his entire on-course career. And so if you look at it and say, does Tiger Woods promote the PGA Tour? He promotes Nike. He promotes Monster. He promotes other products. Does he promote the PGA Tour? Of course he does. And so now he ostensibly is going to get a piece of that pie in promoting the PGA Tour. So are other players. The blowback, I think, comes when you cut it off at 10 players. Xander Shoffley is a great example. He might be 11th on this list right now. Yeah. So number 10 makes $2 million. He makes zero because he lost in some algorithm playoff. But but that's that's it, isn't it? I mean, this is really about, it's a bit like the Ryder Cup. There's there's 15 guys for 10 spots. Like, you know, Max Homa himself, the great tweeter, is going to have a tough time getting into the top 10 here, much less some guy, you know, my brother or somebody who... You know, a tweet goes viral. Everybody's like, oh, it's the pit program. Those dudes have no chance. They thought about these algorithms in a way that that, to to deliver the purpose of this, which is reward the best players and keep them from leaving the tour where they might be able to make more money because the Saudis are trying to build the PGL, right? Absolutely. That's that's a huge part of it. And by the way, guys, we're only a few weeks removed from Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters and us talking about wow, this is going to be huge in Japan. It's huge in Asia. This is going to grow the game over there. He's going to be a superstar. Are we doing this globally? Are we doing it just domestically? Are we considering all the factors of, hey, if Hideki's a big, Hideki might be a bigger star right now than anybody who's playing, you know, let alone Tiger, who's not playing right now, but he might be a bigger star around the world than a lot of other players. And so uh, what does it do for them? And yes, this is, uh, without a doubt, in direct retaliation to the PGL, which, quite honestly, guys, I thought was dead a year and a half ago. I thought we were done talking about it. The Super League in soccer was like two days, and bang, that was out. And all of a sudden, it's rearing its head again. Um, I do have some news that that meeting that just got out at Quail Hollow a little bit ago, and by the time this podcast runs, maybe it'll be all over the place, but Jay Monahan has essentially told PGA Tour members, if you leave, you can't come back. Yeah. That's it. You're that's done. What I, that's what I saw. So he, he, here's my uh, question, and, and I appreciate the rundown, Sobes. Um, in in the first place, to your one of your original points, it's been reported that there are ten players eligible for this. But since we don't have anything in writing that delineates the parameters, all we have is the great um, journalism that Lynch did. We don't know for sure. Why can't it be 15 players? Why couldn't it be 20 players, right? If if it's at the tour's discretion and, you know, they, they've, they've, they, they, they own the the parameters. They know what they're going to use to, to reward folks. Then there's no reason. This isn't it. Huh? 
No, this it, isn't it though. They're gonna they're gonna find more ways than just this to funnel money to the top players. Which don't makes you think? which makes sense, right? And that was the other sort of aspect. Uh, they they have made a point that the FedEx Cup rankings factor into this, so we don't know exactly that we we've seen the indication of algorithms and Nielsen ratings and all kinds of other funny um, metrics for this. It's Monahan with a pencil and a piece of paper going. Here's who I'm worried That's about. That's right. And by the way. It, it might not just be $40 million, right? The tour, the deal that they cut across the, the networks, what they extracted in terms of rights fees is enough to certainly come up with more than 40. It could be, it could be a hundred. We don't know. And the only way we're going to know is if a player decides to share any of this information with us. They can do whatever they want with it. And the, the analogy that I was going to make that I really never got to with Francisco Lindor is that, uh, the Mets have signed him for 10 years, $341 million to not just hit a baseball, not just catch a baseball, not just uh, throw a baseball to first base, but to represent the team, to promote the team, to be in team pictures and get sell tickets and do those kind of things. Well, the PGA Tour players right now, and this is why I don't necessarily have a huge problem with it, because PGA Tour players right now are, have always basically been expected to do that just because they're PGA Tour members. And so, okay, you're playing for a lot of money, so promote the tour that you're playing for. Well, now, hey, there's some incentive to go promote the tour you're playing for because we're also going to pay you to do that, which essentially every team sport athlete has already been doing for years. They're promoting the teams they play for. That's exactly right. We're talking about guaranteed money for a television product. The PGA, these, these events every weekend, they're a television show. So you want the people that the players are participants in the TV show to be the, 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 the players that, that the consuming public wants to see, you know, I, I, I admire uh, all the effort that went into the tournament down at Innisbrook, but the Q rating was not super high. So, you know, if you can incent some of the top tier players, right. But house, I don't know if you saw Dustin Johnson's tweet Monday morning afterwards, it, it really had a huge impact. <laughs> Talk about Q rating and everything. Dustin uh, said, great week at the Valspar. I, I'm just, I mean, give them the money right now. Give them the money. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, exactly that right. Promotion. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's right. I, I think, I think, uh, the, I think Paulina's tweet, uh, picking out wedding dresses probably did a little bit better than that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the Kardashians taking up golf. I don't know if you guys ha- have seen that. Oh God! What does that mean? They've taken up a golf course to build something. I or saw. Actually... I saw Kim, but she's you know attempting a golf swing, and it somehow showed up in my feed. I don't know how. I can't. I can't explain why Kim Kardashian showed up in any of my social media feeds. She was playing Callaway Golf Club, so that could have been the reason. Can we get off the Kardashians for crying out loud? <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> well, well, this is a, a to be continued, the player impact program, because like we say, we've heard an initial sort of outline for how it's going to go down, but we don't know. And there's nothing that impedes the tour's ability to do whatever it wants and reward yeah. whoever it wants on whatever basis it decides. But stop cynically looking at players having fun on social media, thinking, you know, accusing them of trying to get the 40 mil. There's only 15 guys who can possibly get it. Everybody else is just trying to grow the game. Well, I, and cynical or not, it is fun and funny. This is this is it. the aspect of it that, that genuinely, um, I think, d- deserves a little bit of recognition, which is something that the tour... Um, really has been behind 
other professional sports in, which is letting us get to know their participants yeah. in, in a unique way. And, and have fun. The, the best way that it's occurred so far is the guys taking up uh, on their own initiative. What Phil did two years ago by jumping on, um, you know, Twitter and, and YouTube and yes. doing his little videos and stuff. And Homa, Homa told us on this very podcast, he just started doing it himself. Yeah. I like Ian Poulter now because he's so freaking funny on social media. I, I never thought that would happen. That you would never. I, I went back and found a, a story that I had done with Stuart Sink back in 2008 or 2009. I did a QA with him after he had won the Travelers Championship. And basically, the entire QA was all about Twitter and, right. like, you know, things like he, had, he was the OG Twitter guy. He, he was the OG, OG Twitter guy. Most people don't realize it now because he tweets like once every two weeks now. Back in the day, he, he had, I, I went back and read this QA. His phone had gotten wet. He left his phone outside and it rained out. His phone got wet and someone said, hey, put it in the bag of rice. And he's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And he put his little iPhone 2 or whatever it was in a bag of rice and then tweeted out a picture. And like three days later, he's like, it worked. And that was like the first anyone had ever heard about like putting an electronic device in a bag of rice when it was wet. And it worked afterwards. People were like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. I got to follow I, I, the, this guy. The rehabilitation of Stuart Sink after the backdooring of Tom Watson at the Open <laughs> over the last year, I, I I appreciate it because he's humbly gone about his business and had you know a lot of struggles since then. But he's now, he's winning. He's the OG Twitter guy, like Stuart Sink. Who knew? Right. That's a, that's a good point. Now, we're going to talk about, we're going to do early look at the PGA Championship. I don't have him on my short list. To win down, no. at, down at Kiowa, although I will say with what we've learned about his ability to drive the ball a long way and his accuracy with the irons, I, I don't mind throwing him on a, in a DFS lineup this week at Wells Fargo. I'm not going to play him at Kiowa, but I'm, I might have him. I might have Stewie in a lineup for, for uh, the, the Quail Hollow venture this, this coming weekend. So Sobel, have you, is it too early for you? We're, we're, we're now officially two weeks out from the PGA Championship down at, at Kiowa. And I'm starting to, to build a list. And I have to tell you, it looks very, very similar to the list that I built for the Masters. Are we going Kiowa? I, I'd always thought Kiowa. And I've heard a lot of Kiowa. Go ahead. Recently. And I'm going to, I'm doing a do ton it, of radio that do week. Do so I, I need to understand how to pronounce this yeah, thing. Yeah, whatever feels good, buddy. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, it's got an H at the end. Isn't it yeah. Kiowa? Sure. Go ahead and call it Kiowa. I'm, I don't mind okay. it. I don't know. I wanted some pushback from you guys. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, what are we going to do? Said, we don't know. House, you called it Kiowa. Uh, I'm like, you might be right. I thought it was Kiowa. I don't, is anyone going to like get mad at me and call me out if I'm doing radio that week and calling it Kiowa? I hope not. They might get mad at House for b- betting on Stuart Sink when he's not playing this week. Wait, wait, wait. Otherwise... I, I saw him. I saw him is in a list. Pl- I, I... Is he definitely playing? I'm telling you, he's in. A, he's on FanDuel. He's available on the lineup. I was oh, doing a lineup playing early this week. today. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. I don't know what How I'm talking about. How dare you? I'm a golf he's, professional he's, over here. <laughs> it's my bad. He's plus 6,500. Those are crazy odds for Stuart Singh. All right. Speaking yes, of crazy so. odds, Roy McIlroy currently available at 18 to 1 to win the PGA Championship at Quail Hollow. Any reason? I mean. I mean, uh, the uh, Kiowa. Sorry. Kiowa. Any, re- any chance, Jason? Yeah, sure. I mean, but. No. How much more I, are we going to say? Don't know. I don't I'm just not there with Rory. I think this is a huge week for Rory, by the way, because yes. he has played Quail Hollow better than anybody else over the last decade. He's got two wins, seven top tens, and nine starts. And so this is a great litmus test for Rory McIlroy to see if he's ready 
for not just the PGA Championship, but each of the year's final three majors and see if he's we got something it. going. Uh, but yeah, we've got to see it. And I think three weeks off after the Masters was perfect for him. I think he needed it to recharge the batteries, needed it mentally, needed it technically with his swing, needed it physically. And so uh, this is a great spot for him this week. But no, I'm not looking at him for the PGA. It's weird, guys. Even though the last time it was played at Kiowa, where uh, he won by eight shots back in 2012, I'm still looking at guys like further down the board. I think there's going to be some value there. It's not going to be like a name we don't know out of nowhere, but I, I'm looking down the board. Like Mark Leishman is the kind of player that I could see winning this golf tournament. Um, just a guy who's like, you know, mid thirties world ranking a guy that's been there, done that a guy that if he won a major, you wouldn't be like, Oh my goodness, where'd that come from? But he also wasn't the first name coming out of your mouth when you're sitting there breaking down, who could win this one, but I just get a sense that it could be somebody a little bit out of nowhere. I do like your instinct here. Cause we, it feels like it's been a little bit of um, on, on rerun every week. We're looking at venues where wind is going to feature in prominently. And we keep doing this thing, Nate and I of like, who are the Aussies and the euros that we like what Aussies and euros play great in the wind. And it's a lot of the, the, the same, kinds of names um you know that that was somehow we missed matt jones the week that that uh um you know the 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 wind and the the course conditions you know played in but but that was you know classic camp smith has been playing great so you know the, all, all those guys um all the 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 aussies of of uh you know that that vintage um will show up on some of these dance cards right yeah i think so uh leishman smith coming off that win at the Zura a couple of weeks ago Really like both of those names. They played well this year. I, I mean, a guy like Matt Wallace. Sure. Matt Wallace hasn't yet won on the PGA Tour yet, but he's he's come close. He's played really well this year. He seems like he's uh, focused on playing the U.S. Tour more so than the European Tour. He's a guy that I could see on the leaderboard. Can I see him winning? I don't know. Maybe not necessarily finishing on top, but I, I just feel like those are the kind of guys that, again, those of us, sort of that do this on a weekly basis and know all these players, we won't be shocked by it. I think the casual fan might look at it and go, who's that guy? But guys that have been there before. If we don't get a John Rahm major this year, there's going to be some what the hell's going on, isn't there? If we come to September, or, or do you not think so, Jace? You don't think the pressure's no. on him at this point? Between You're him and, and JT right. to win the second one. I just feel like... PGA, it gets serious with the Open. It gets serious with the U.S. Open. If these guys don't win in South Carolina, there's going to start to be some chatter. Like, can they win the really big one? You're probably right. There will and be it's that all chatter. Bullshit, but like, it's complete yeah. bullshit. Like, yeah. can John Rahm win a yeah. big golf tournament? He's 26 yeah. years old. He's ranked third in the Yeah, he's going to win lots of big golf tournaments. In fact, I mean, I, it's a discussion for another time, but we can sit here and uh, talk about over the next five or 10 years. And I guess those are two completely different questions, but who's going to win the most majors over the next five years or 10 years. And John Rahm might be my answer for either one of those questions. And uh, I just think he's got a ton of game plays his best golf on hard golf courses. Usually at yeah. majors, they tend to be a little bit harder. I, the guy's going to win. He's going to win at some, it's just, okay. He's got to start putting one of the some next pegs three in majors. Ground, yep. Well, yep. And, and I mean, I, I love him for this week. I, I love him for this week, and you know the, the only the only thing with, with the Masters, Chase, is 
it seems like maybe a tiny bit of a baby hangover. We we wondered whether there'd be a baby bump or baby hangover. Par 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 sixty six, and 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 a backdoor top five. I mean, it, it's a reminder. Holy mother f that like he he got it right. He was my pick to win going into the Masters. I didn't realize after the baby came. I believe on Sunday that he wasn't just gonna be like, okay, cool, met the kid. I'm out of here. I'll be there Monday morning practicing. I didn't realize it was gonna be like a late Wednesday morning, go play nine holes, then jump right into it. <laughs> Is so that what you I, did I with your first my guns. I know. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, I was playing golf that afternoon. Are you kidding me? Oh, my <laughs> God. What a man. <laughs> I, I wasn't even getting paid for it. I was like, yeah, I just Poor had a kid. I'm going to play. Baby Sobel. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's let's uh, go ahead and get to the meat of the matter. Um, this week, Quell Hollow, we've got uh, 10 of the top 15, four of the top five. Um, you know, we've had kind of a quiet couple weeks. The big boys are coming. It's a big boy golf course. A really interesting combination here of breakout wins and long shots, along with guys of, of super crazy great pedigree. Uh, and it's impossible to forecast whether this is going to be another week featuring a breakout win, a long shot, or does one of the, you know, is this a moment where one of the guys with pedigree comes in? What's your lean right but now? Sobel did it. Sobel went, I mean, I saw it, Sobel. All, everybody else went chalk. You went long this week. Tell us why. I don't know. Where did everyone else go? Uh, I want to know where like other people have gone. I, I fear there'd be a lot of JT. I fear there'd be some ROM, maybe some Webb Simpson. What I see, what I see other people I see Bryson out there. I think you're Bryson, one of your colleagues yeah. went Bryson. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So but, I mean, I I try to get mine out. Nobody I, went HV three. Yeah, I did. The great Jason Sobel. That's true. I, you know, like like you said, House uh, James Hahn, Derek Ernst. Um, there's one other I'm missing. Max Homa. Max Homa, of course, two years ago. The uh, homie. Big numbers have won at Quail Hollow before. He's not quite that big. You can find him anywhere from 80 to 1 to 100 to 1. His home golf course, coming off a T2 at the RBC Heritage in his last start. I've spoken with some guys who play a lot of golf with him at Quail Hollow, and they say he is, first of all, not, he has never hit it better than. He's hitting it right now. Secondly, his confidence. I mean, he likes to talk a lot of trash anyway in a fun way, but his confidence has never been higher than it is right now. And so playing his home golf course, I know sometimes, you know, like, look, a guy plays it every day and then gets into it in competition. It's like, oh, I've never seen the pin there, or I've never played it with the green speeds like this or something a little different, but there should be that familiarity. So I want to go down the board. I want to pick someone with a big number and Harold Varner to me, Suits this golf course really well. He's a good driver of the ball and he's a good putter. I like it. You know, I didn't love the way he played because the same narrative was building at the Wyndham when he was in contention and and he didn't play as well as he would have liked to there. But if if he's, you've got a little inside scoop that he's playing the best that he ever has. That feels good. Can, Can you talk me out of Max this week? I mean, Max, Max had a lead in the desert. Uh, earlier in the year, and then he kind of pooped the bed on Sunday. He felt terrible, came back, and just grabbed Riviera. I feel like this past week, you know, he shot three over on Sunday. He just, that was a tournament he easily could have won. You wonder if he goes back, kicks his own ass this week, and and comes into Quail Hollow shooting guns. My reason for not taking Max this week is something that doesn't exist uh, mathematically or analytically, and it's called the Law of Averages. We've all heard of it. We all say, oh, the law of averages, you know, that guy has won X amount of time, so it means he's 
coming back, you know, regression to the mean. And so that's what I'm looking at for Max this week. Although if you speak with people who work in analytics, who work in math, the data guys, they go, there's no such thing. That, that's not a thing that actually happens. And so I, I basically look at it and say, I don't know. He's played so well so far this year. He's already won a big one. Very infrequently, do guys back up, even, even though it's two years later and not one year later, do they back up uh, having been defending champion? There's going to be just more people trying to pull at his, uh, his shirt sleeve this week and more people trying to get his attention and things like that, and more media requests and yeah. all that kind of stuff that goes around being a defending champion. It's, it's a he little bit harder. but it. I know he does. I know. That's Look, like, I I feel I like all this energy is only making him stronger measures. right now. Is it, well, that's the question. That's the price of being a pip. Uh, you know, pip on the pip leaderboard. You have more obligations. There's more more pulls on on your time. Did you see the quote? He he gave a quote to Sean Martin with the PGA Tour. Um, we wrote a big piece on him this week, and the quote was fantastic. He said, "I love when people say I can't do something. When people say that I can't do it, I say yes, I can, and I show." When people don't say anything about me and don't say I can't do it, then I look inward and ask, can I? And so Max almost needs, I feel like, people saying, people like me right now saying, come on. I mean, I know he's had a great year, but another Max Homo win and he's going to go back to back at Quail Hollow. Uh, he can't do it. So I hope Max is listening right now, yeah. hearing me say <laughs> he can't do it because he'll absolutely kind of puff out his chest and go, all right, you're saying I can't do it. Great. I'm going to go do it this week. And I'd love to see it. I have two young guys I want to bounce off of you uh, and get a reaction. And their names mm-hmm. both came out, you know, in the earlier portion of the conversation about all the young guys. I feel like this is the kind of stage for both Will Zalatoris and Joaquin Neiman. Both of those guys coming out and grabbing this tournament. And, you know, especially in the context of all the great players, all the top guys in the world at the venue and the eyes of golf, I mean, the eyes of the sporting public, you know, on Quail Hollow, like, oh yeah, that's a place that hosted a major. You know, it's the interest levels higher and and they will have fans at the venue. One of these two young guys out and making, you know, having this prestige win at this point in their career. Do you, what, what's your, your sense of that? Okay. Really like both of those guys this week. Um, I will say this much though, and I'll kind of take devil's advocate a little bit. Joaquin Neiman Absolutely great game. I, I love everything about this kid. The next time he makes a putt over five feet yeah. long will be the first time I've seen it. It's amazing. I, I just it's really I, amazing. Every time I watch him. I know. And I've, I take him in DFS every week, and I don't know how many times I'm sitting there like, hey, I'm out and about, and I'm looking at him. Oh, Joaquin Neiman, 147 yards to pin, six feet for birdie. And you're like, all right, cool. We got another. Nope. Doesn't make it, and he just can't make you know, those mid-range putts. You know so, what? Who, uh, who me, that reminds me that's of? That's what's holding him back. A little and bit. you know what? Why? Why I uh, ate so much crow? That was Hideki. That was Hideki. His the end of of calendar year twenty twenty and the beginning of of, yeah. of twenty twenty one. The the how many six footers? I watch Hideki. I had a nice chunk on great at great odds on him at Wingfoot, and goddamn did he ball strike beautifully yeah, at Wingfoot. I can't give it up. I can't this. give it up. Because, yeah. you know, I watched him miss so many putts at Wingfoot, and then he, he rolled them all in beautifully at Augusta, and, and good for him. That's the thing about taking these guys who are great ball strikers, that if they putt just pretty well, I was all over Keegan Bradley last week. I, I talked to Brendan Steele, who had partnered with him at the Zurich the week before. He goes, dude, Keegan is playing so well. 
He's going to win something really, really soon. His putting is better than I've ever seen it before. And so I was all over Keegan. Now I cashed the first round leader bet. I cashed the top five ticket. I had him outright though. That would have been a nice cherry on top. Didn't quite get it because the putter left him in the end. I mean, he hit one in the water too, but uh, the putting at the end looked really bad. But these guys who are ball strikers, if you get them on a week when the putting is, it doesn't have to look like Tiger in his prime knocking in everything inside 20 feet. It doesn't have to look like Jordan Spieth when he's putting his best. If they just putt pretty well, they put, you know, finish 25th strokes game putting with their kind of ball striking, they're going to be right there. I just, I never see it from Joaquin Neiman. Uh, Will Zalatoris is sort of on the same wavelength. I will tell you guys a stat. And I did my podcast for the Action Network last night with Justin Ray, who I know you guys know really well. And Justin's uh, the smartest uh, uh, mind in uh, golf analytics that I know. And Justin said, look, looking at Quail Hollow, it's less a iron uh, ball strikers type, of course, than you've got to drive it well and you've got to putt really well. And for those reasons, he loves Bryson this week because Bryson hits two clubs in his bag really, really well. One's the driver off the tee. The other one is his putter. And so I look at Zalatoris and I go, yeah, he drives the ball really well. Okay. But he's really like where he stands out is with his iron game. He might be a top five iron player right now, but the iron game doesn't quite mean as much at quail hollow as it means other places, which by the way, guys, I had no idea. I had no idea until he told me that I would have looked at it and said, JT won the 2017 PGA championship at quail. He's the best iron player in the game. So of course you have to be a good iron player, but apparently it's driver and putter. It doesn't mean you have to like, you can shank your irons all over the place, but it just doesn't mean as much as other places. Well, and the other thing about Zalatoris is he just got engaged and he bought a house. That dude has not been practicing in the way that he normally would. So I, that's one you maybe want to cool off this week. Let me ask you about a few sneaky guys who aren't going to win this tournament, but if you're setting DFS lineups, it's something to think about. Vaughn Taylor was T13 the last time this was played, and, and he was T6 last week. Can we believe in Vaughn Taylor for a top 20 this week? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I don't hate it. Um, to me, again, you talk about that law of averages, the regression to the mean. It, it's a delicate line to, to walk where it's, hey, this guy's playing well. He's got that intersection of course history and recent form, and so he should play well. I, I, I tend to fall into that trap too often where I say, hey, 13th two years ago, 6th last week, boom. Put him in the lineup. He's going to do really well as opposed to, well, he was six last week. He doesn't finish in the top 10 that often. So this should be his drop-off week. And, and I fall into that trap. So yeah, I, I like him. Is he in a lot of my lineups right now? No, but I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't talk you out of it. Well, and then the, the other sneaker for me is we keep forgetting that Brian Harmon's been playing great golf. And, and last time this tournament, you know, was here, he shot a 75 on Friday, but he had three rounds in the 60s. I, I, I really feel like Brian Harmon has had a much better year, maybe even than his than his results indicate. So I, I he's been quiet uh, in the last couple of weeks, but boy, did I love the way he came into Texas in, in Austin and match play and how he handled himself there. One of my absolute favorite plays this week, he's been 13th or better in his last four starts. He won this event back in 17 when it was played at Eagle Point, not at Quail. And so you, you take that off the record, but he still has six of seven made cuts, two top 25s at this golf course, playing really well. He's a guy that he's a momentum type of player. When he plays well once, he tends to keep playing well, as we've seen over the last month and a half. So 
I really like Brian Harmon. By the way, guys, you want a super long shot this week and maybe not to win, but like a top 20 type of guy, top 30 type of guy. Yes, we always want those. Of Please. course. I mean, of course. Thank you, House. Yes. Say yes. Yeah. Of yes. course I yes do. That. I mean, yes. So I told you what I talked about with Justin Ray, where he said, you've got to drive it well, you've got to putt well. So I went on Fantasy Labs, which Action Network owns, and you can go through and sort of build your own models. And I went through and I put everything else at zero, but I put 25% long-term driving uh, strokes gained off the tee, 25% stroke, uh, short-term strokes gained off the tee, 25% long-term putting, 25% short-term putting. The guy who was at the top of the model as the greatest value in the entire field is a guy named Vince Whaley. Now, I looked wow. at that and said, well, okay, this model's not going to work. This guy's not doing it. And then I went back and looked at what he's done. All he's done is finish top 40 in his last six PGA Tour starts. The guy's pretty good. I wouldn't have known it if I wasn't doing the research and looking him up. But Vince Whaley is a guy that, uh, you want a sneaky DFS play, 6,400 on DraftKings. I think he's maybe the minimum right around 7,000 or just over it on FanDuel. Uh, he could be a really nice play this week in some lineups. That's some deep shit. That is. I, I have <laughs> Eric Van Royen as, as somebody who's been driving the ball well. You know, so he's yeah, showing yeah. up in some of the, uh, yeah, EVR 7,200 uh, on, on FanDuel, I, I believe. And he's at plus 160. 160 to one odds to win. I don't like EVR to win, but I do like his driving and I like um, the caliber of performance. He finished inside the top 25 at the Memorial last year, which was a super hard venue. And he, and he was in the top 25 at, at Wingfoot as well. Uh, And he, he's gaining uh, significant, almost five strokes gained at uh, Valero where, you know, the, the wind and everything there. So that, that, that was my kind of long shot vibe. I didn't know we were going into Vince Whaley territory. Yeah. Why not? I mean, especially cuts. like for lineups where you can load up on whatever combination of guys you like, I, I would probably put Rom and JT at the top of my list. As far as like the big guns, they're the two favorites this week, not really going out on a limb there, but whether you like Rom and JT or Rory and Bryson or uh, Xander and Patrick Cantlay, what it, Whatever combination of big names you like, you know, big names this week, but then there's guys to find lower on that list. And I think Vince Whaley could be, I don't know, that the model fits. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we got two, we got two majors over the next, you know, five, six weeks. So uh, this, this feels like a big week in terms of figuring out really who's in form. This is the last really big boy golf course we're going to see before we get into this stretch of, of a couple majors. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open this week. Why is DJ not playing? Because um, he's too busy tweeting. Uh, he's well, going after the pit money. Nate, yeah. Nate, uh, Nate get- saw Paulina doing wedding dresses. I mean, you, could that be the reason? Is he getting married this weekend? Is he picking out the petty force? Is that what he's working on? I don't know. I don't talk to guys about this guy. So I remember asking Dustin. He's like, dude, the Danish Polina. people bought my company. I, I don't worry about the <laughs> DJ's wedding. I remember when the first week that Paulina Gretzky, she came out to Kapalua. I saw them everywhere because you're in Kapalua and like people are, there's not, there's only a finite amount of people that are on property. And so when DJ's walking around with Paulina Gretzky all week, like you happen to see them walking around together. And so uh, I was at ESPN at the time and my editor said, Hey, can you ask Dustin about Polina? I'm like, I'm absolutely not asking him that in the winner's press conference after he wins this golf tournament. So afterwards I walked up to him and I said, so what's going on with you and Polina? He kind of looks at me. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, 
I, I, I don't know. He's like, what do you want to know? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I know what she's, <laughs> I, like, I don't know. What do you want me to add? Like, are you guys like a, a thing? He's like, well, she's here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I like one of those, like, I don't need, like someone told me to ask the question. I'm asking the question because I'm supposed to, but I don't even know what I'm asking. And I don't know what kind of answer I want. Uh, by the way, guys, speaking of majors, little correlation for you. And, and I, I'm not saying I'm necessarily going with this yet, but so Hideki Matsuyama wasn't playing his best golf before the Masters. We all know. We were watching him. We're like, all right, he's kind of, it's close. It's not close. It's kind of, it's okay, but he hadn't won anything. He went and played the Valero Texas Open the week before. And reports are he was working his ass off there. He was practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all day. And then he went out there and he, I, he finished 30th or something like that. T29, maybe. I mean, it was fine. But he used that. He had never played that event before. And he used that to propel him into a Masters win the next week. Patrick Cantlay has never before played the Wells oh, Fargo Championship. Okay. He's missed the cut in three of his last four starts. Mm. He's not playing well. At some point, what do we look at? We say, hey, maybe he goes there, works really hard at a tournament he's never played before. Major in two weeks. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Food for thought. Well, I think yeah, that's their, food for thought. <laughs> point point taken. <laughs> so well, maybe uh, you know a guy who didn't show up on any of my lists so far for for Kiowa. So because I think you know there's some some Patrick Patrick Cantlay uh, resentment after he was because he was a hot ticket for the Masters. He yeah. was one of those guys. Yeah, on I'm that with list. you. Anyway, I'm with you. On that note, Jason Sobel, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on uh, this week. Everybody check out Action Network. See what Sobel has lined up. He gave out. Um, he, we, we shared a lot of his story already, but there's still another half dozen picks inside of these. He's got a top 40 in there. Lucas Glover makes an appearance in the column. I mean, there's a bunch of names to Must look read at. every yeah, week. That's exactly right. Well, that that does it, boys. Thank you very much. All right, my par saving pals, there you have it. Our big thanks, as always, to our pal Jason Sobel breaking it down for us. Uh, we are back next week for the Byron Nelson and also to be catching some of the storylines as we go into another major. And of course, for the PGA Championship at Kiowa, if that's the way that we're going to say it. We will be doing our usual Monday show with Storylines, Wednesday show with Justin Ray, maybe a special guest in there. And then Nathan and I will be available Sunday evening for an immediate recap. And in between there, I bet we jump into some kind of live forum. We were, they renamed Locker Room. I don't even know what they're calling it, but we were using Spotify's live action thing. We did a Thursday show and a Saturday show with the inimitable Bill Simmons. I bet we run that back. So just keep your eyes and ears open. Pay attention to the socials, and we'll let you know where we're going to be. Until then, my par-saving pals, let's head them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th. 
and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.